When three different animals become infected with a dangerous pathogen, a primatologist and a geneticist team up to stop them from destroying Chicago. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bottom of the bin. Hi, Benjamin. How's it going? It's it's going great. Mm-hmm. The sun is hot, just like the last time we recorded. I mean, um, it is July, so... Yeah, although I'm... by the time you're listening to this, it'll probably be August. <laughs> Tell us about the future. <laughs> yeah, that's... Have you ever noticed, like, when you listen to podcasts in the new year? Pretty yeah. much to the start of every podcast, they always say, like, first couple weeks of January, every podcast that comes out. So we're recording this in 2018, but by the time you listen, it'll be 2019. Yeah, tell us about the future. <laughs> they think they're all clever using the same yeah. joke. That's great. Last night, George was seven feet and weighed 500 pounds. George, you okay, buddy? You're scared. It's okay. This morning, he's nine feet pushing a thousand. What's happening to my friend? Uh, we're here to talk about a strangely high-budget film for uh, uh-huh. for what we've set out as our as our premise. This is a movie that came out last year, and Probably it actually again. did okay at the box office. In fact, I think it did pretty well. Let's look. I, look I it can't up. remember uh, the exact numbers. Uh, 120 to 140 million was their budget. Okay. Uh, their box office was 428 million. So that's that is past the break-even point. So, Significantly past. Yeah, like Double, well, doubles. Well, the break-even point is always double the budget, right? And I'm guessing with a movie like this, uh, a lot of the budget for the film itself went to the Rock because he's the highest-paid actor in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, the CG. And then you take that 140 mm-hmm. million and copy that, and that 140 million is the. Is but the are market. his are his rates that high? I just seem like he just seems to pump out so many movies every that year. That could be it too. And where he he's, be he's not, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, he's not so much. He doesn't wait for the good movies like you see some <laughs> actors do. He'll just jump on any movie that. He wants him that looks like it'll make a lot of money, at least. Well, I think he does have some preferences. Like, he loves the jungle-type movies. Right. Like, Jumanji, Jumanji 2, Journey to Escape from the Island. Yeah. Jungle Cruise, which Jung- I'm actually excited for. Jungle. I need to see a trailer before I get excited. That's fair. I'm surprised he's not in the Door of the Explorer movie. But, <laughs> yeah. but I'm sure he saw that and thought, I'm not, I'm, even I'm not going to do that movie. <laughs> Oh, man. But, but yeah, he is a movie star more than an actor. Yeah, he's, he's kind, of a, yeah. kind of a Chris Pratt. Yeah, exactly. I'd say Chris Pratt has a little more going on, or at least he's found himself in more projects where he can mm-hmm. expand himself emotionally, like Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, in Jurassic World, that was another deeply emotional yeah. character they played. Oh, Owen, the re- <laughs> Owen so Thunder the, Something I noticed is that Chris Pratt's character in Jurassic World and The Rock's character in this movie are the same character. It's not just that, Ben. This is essentially the same movie yeah. as Jurassic This is Jurassic World with King Kong. And... I'm not opposed to that. My mm-hmm. my dumb teenage boy brain yeah. responds very well to that. For sure. It, it's just that the movie takes so long to get to that point, and by the point where they start doing all those big CG fights, because, you know, every movie's got a big CG fight yeah. now. Um, I'm just so bored. Are you familiar with genetic editing? Changes will be incredibly unpredictable. Is he the only one? 
Oh, you didn't know about the 30-foot wolf? My thing with this movie is, overall, I didn't hate it. Yeah. Overall, I'd say the movie is fine. It never offended me too much. <laughs> Not too much, just the right threshold. Yeah, expensive. if you compare it to some of the movies that are similar to it that are considered great movies, it was just missing that sort of intangible sense something. of just like, there's something there. Like when you watch Jurassic Park, there is that just spark to it, that excitement mm -hmm. that I think just comes from when you have filmmakers and actors and crew members who are actually really invested and care about what they're doing rather than, sure, we'll make this movie for a lot of money. The more direct comparison would be Jurassic World, just based on the yeah. plot. But Jurassic compared. World would be one of those movies that's missing that spark. Oh yeah, no, I know yeah. that. I'm not saying either of those movies are, are, are masterpieces. Yeah. I'm saying that the dynamic and the plot takes a lot of the beats from Jurassic World. Yeah, for sure. You have The Rock, who plays this primatologist who's best friends with this monkey, George, this albino gorilla. They share this bond, right? And it's, mm -hmm. it's very reminiscent of Chris Pratt and Blue yeah. in Jurassic World, which of all the things to do with trying to revamp Jurassic Park, I thought that was probably one of the more interesting things. Mm -hmm. It's it's a lot like the new Planet of the Apes movies. And they're trying to have that idea of, like, what if they're best friends, but then the idea that now it's super intelligent, super strong. Yeah. How does that challenge the relationship? Mm -hmm. And I think where this movie was missing a lot of stuff, in the same way that Jurassic World was missing, is that mm -hmm. they don't develop their characters right. and their dynamics. I rescued George when he was two years old. George never would have survived on his own. He definitely trusts you. This movie is very plot heavy. There's a lot of exposition. The one scientist character is like sister with the big corporate business guy. It seems yes. to be a trend with these bad movies is big corporate business guys. Oh, yes. And um, then the see, she is very clearly, they portray, she's the smart one. She's also, they're both evil. She's a little bit, or a lot more evil than he is. She has resting evil face. Yes. <laughs> um, but she's also the smarter one, so the so the guy is just an and it's, he's an idiot and a terrible actor. But the only reason why he's there is to be dumb and ask questions so that she can give exposition to That's answer the true. questions. Yeah, yeah, you need you need the dumb guy. To yeah, same thing with Ellen Page's character in Transformers or in, in Inception. <laughs> I can't believe I mixed up Inception. You just mixed up. You just mixed up like one of the highest rated movies. <laughs> <laughs> with, with fucking Transformers, that's amazing. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm just we're just talking about Rampage and yeah, Interception, Jurassic World, you know, and, the scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, as far as like the basic blocks you need in a screenplay, I get that. It it's just an unfortunate thing that he has to be super obnoxious. The the businessman. I mean. Let's go save the world. It's coming back to me. Back. The problem with this movie is, yeah, it's so plot-heavy and it doesn't give time for our characters to, like, form a bond. Mm -hmm. Like, you get that scene in the beginning where he's showing the newbies around to, to the gorilla enclosure. And then you see that he has this has this yeah. friendship with with George, and they have that cute little thing where like like he goes to do a fist pump, and then George just flips him off. It's it's kind of like a bromance, mm -hmm. and I think that's okay. This could be the emotional center of the movie. Okay, let's let's focus on that. And then in the next scene where that girl is like, "Hey, uh, I'm really interested in learning about those submission techniques." 
Oh, yeah. Submission technique. Right. This is the second film in our show that deals with BDSM in a joking way. Um, <laughs> anyway. Oh, my goodness. Is that gonna be I'm making you thing? so uncomfortable right now. Is that going to be our running thing that we always have a film that... Yeah, drink every time someone <laughs> references BDSM. Good God. Um, but anyway, she she proposes a date with The Rock because, you know, he's The Rock. And uh-huh. sensitive. He loves animals. Yeah. But he says no because he needs his me time. And that is the worst thing to follow up with a BDSM joke is a little bit of time. <laughs> but I get True. it. Like, he likes animals more than people. I get that. Yeah. It's weird. You like hanging out with animals more than people. Yeah, well, animals get me. There's some really cute videos on YouTube. There's this one guy who, he trains hyenas and lions, and he's like, one thing I like about animals is that they're predictable. Like, they'll tell mm. you what, how they're feeling. The most dangerous animal I've worked with is probably people. Um, with my animals that I work with on a day-to-day basis, I know exactly where I stand. Um, they let me know what's happening. If they're not happy, they will tell me straight away. Uh, people, it's not always the same case, so I would definitely take animals over people any day. And I think, cool, let's see a scene of that. Let's see a scene right. of them just hanging out, you know, just being yeah. bros. But the very next scene, George gets infected with the pathogen, and then that's that gets the plot going. It's like, no, we need... We need to feel that connection. Yeah, I, I, I the same way. I started being like, I like the dynamics going on here. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't get to see enough of that. A lot of the movies, I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, I get it. You care about this monkey. <laughs> but he's going to kill millions of people. Like, just let <laughs> just them... Just collateral damage. Yeah, just collateral yeah. damage. Like, yep. Yeah. And I, I think the movie just operates on the surface level emotion that you yeah. experience with animals. Like, oh, he's a monkey. Oh, it's the same reason why that, that one dog that barks at the super wolf mm-hmm. doesn't get killed because general audiences do not respond well when animals die. Yeah. Which might explain the ending, but I, I want to get to that later. And that also, the lack of an emotional connection has a lot to do with him and the one scientist lady. So I guess her backstory is that she was involved with the big evil company, but then they experimented on her brother, and then he died from some disease. Yes. So now she has a vendetta against them. Okay, cool. Her and The Rock, they both have their own backstories yes. about like, why they're so passionate about their specific fields. But as far as the connection between those two characters, mm-hmm. I think like she should have popped up earlier in the film like maybe she's part of that group like where he's showing the gorillas because in that scene he does the fist bump thing and then in a scene later like towards the low point of the film she does the fist bump thing with him right and you think well that would be so much more endearing if she because people have all sorts of different ways like shake hands yeah or, or hug stuff but if she chose that one specifically because she knew how that resonates with him. Mm-hmm. I think just these very little things can can make a movie more emotional. I liked when they're the two evil boss people are like in their office and they're watching the footage of them get on the plane and they're in custody and he goes, Oh and look who's look who's getting on that plane and then so there's the rock and the girl that you're just talking about. But she just looks at the rock and goes I don't know who he is, but clearly he likes to hit the gym. And I completely I like, forgot about that. Line. I feel like that is in the Rock's contract. That like there needs to be at least one line about how buff he is 
in a scene that he's not in. As if it's not just obvious in the fact that he's The Rock. Yeah. It's in his freaking name. Yeah. So, here's the thing with The Rock. Just like you said, he's a great... He's a great... Uh, like, action hero movie Action star. hero type. He's, yeah. He's like if Arnold Schwarzenegger could act. Right. Yeah. Okay, I should rephrase that, because I think Arnold Schwarzenegger can act just only when he's a robot. <laughs> like, his performance in T2 is fantastic. Um, okay, so he's he's like if you mixed Arnold Schwarzenegger with Chris Pratt. Like, you have your spectrum of yeah. the act, big action heroes. You got, on one side is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's like big bodybuilder, use his ultra-masculinity. Mm-hmm. And then... On the other end is Chris Pratt, who is more the funny guy. Yeah. Funny uh, frat guy. Came out of doing comedy. Like yeah, Parks and Rec. Yeah. Yeah, they, all, they both come from different ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And then right a little closer to, to Chris Pratt than, than, uh, than Arnold Schwarzenegger, you got Dave Bautista. Right. And then right next to him, leaning more towards Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. is The Rock. Let's go save the world. That's a big arm. Don't fight it. Uh, and in that opening scene, the one in space, that was pretty cool, actually. It, was, it, kind, yeah. of, it kind of felt like something out of like Gravity or Alien. That opening sequence was effective in that like it made me very angry at, at the company. Yeah. yeah. I think the filmmaking overall in this movie is competent. There's some pretty slick framing as far as like when mm-hmm. they open up to a new scene, it's like we get a nice little walk around the lab. Oh, we're in a lab. There's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. All right, let's start the scene. So at least as far as the, the just being a competent movie, it's it yeah. it doesn't make me angry. No, yeah. this movie was it was weird in its tone because by itself, when it's not joking around, it takes itself pretty seriously. Yeah. But then just out of left field, they'll throw in a one-liner or a joke. Yeah. And at the beginning of the film, it feels a lot like weird improv. I need to find someone who knows exactly what the hell this thing is. I found her. No, that's a lie. Technically, she found us. But then later on, especially in the more tense scenes, it's like, it just, it feels like it's just plugged in there mm-hmm. because they don't want you to take this seriously. Like, when Big Bad Boss Lady shoots The Rock, I'm never going to remember any of these characters' names because yeah. the movie doesn't want me to. When she shoots The Rock in the leg, which of all the places, why not just shoot him in the chest? Yeah. But like, she shoots him, and then he's down, and then she's like, that happened. Yeah. Like, is that is that a little wink-wink at the audience? Like, I just shot The Rock. The movie's humor is just so awkward. It's like... It mm-hmm. wants to not take itself too seriously, but then, but then it on a dime yeah. we're right back to oh we gotta save George. Also, the rest of the movie just seems to forget that he had been shot in the leg for the next. Then she, half they hour. try to do it again later. They yeah. they try to like she's gonna shoot him. Oh, yeah. This time she's serious though. Because at the end of the movie he's like I'm gonna go home or something, and I'm like uh, you should go to a hospital. You were <laughs> shot like a half hour ago. No, I think I'm fine. I'm the Rock. You know there are other ways of dealing with people, right? I do know that, yeah, but that's no fun. This movie, it knew that it was a summer blockbuster. And that's that was when I was enjoying it, was when it was just, I was throwing popcorn in my mouth, just taking in this movie that's just, you know, actually, by by the end of the climax, I had gotten tired, but mm-hmm. there, the plane scene, I was actually like on edge for that. Um, even I though, knew what was gonna happen. Well, that's the thing is, you know, they they say like, oh, dude, don't they say suicide? Don't, they say, yeah. oh yeah, you're putting this monkey on the plane. That's gonna that's definitely yeah. gonna cause problems. So the whole until that happens, you have that tension of anticipating that. Yeah. Which for me, that actually worked. Having George on that plane, it's a big mistake. 
I think we'll be all right. Yeah, and I wasn't sure how that was going to go, and then they he saved the guy's life, who was played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Um, who, who you're just always expecting he's going to, like, turn on yeah. at the end, but he never does. No. And, and he I, actually ha gets to be a bit of a hero in the end, too. Yeah. Because he, he calls off the missile strike. Right. Because they're just going to send in a nuke to kill the gorilla, mm -hmm. and then they would also destroy more, even more of the city. But he, he does the movie trope where the guy in the suit comes into the police or military operations like, thanks, fellas, I'll take it from here. Yeah. Which, I want to know, if I just buy a nice suit, <laughs> can I show up to some sort of police operation or military thing and just be like, thanks, fellas, I'll take it from here. Because <laughs> it happens. Because they don't have to see a, a badge or anything. And also, he never really says... No, who, who, where, what he works for. Like, he says he works for some other branch of the government that we don't know about, but, like, he never shows anyone a badge or anything. <laughs> no, no, because everyone who sees him, they're just like, oh, shit, is that the guy from Walking Dead? He's got a suit on. He's got a suit on. Oh, my God, it must be like, oh, I want to get his autograph. Oh, what, you want this, uh, this sample? Okay, here you go, man. Hell of a day, huh? Science experiments falling from the sky. But yeah, he, he does that stock character thing. And I think it's just, it's weird that the way he behaves is just so slimy. And I mean, he looks like a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> he has that aura about him, but he never, he just turns out to just be a pretty cool guy. Yeah. And from what I've read on Wikipedia, apparently people liked his performance. So Yeah, yeah I, I wasn't offended yeah. by it. I wasn't offended. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the best you can say about this movie. One of the, He was one of the best actors in the movie. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, he, he has a personality that you can identify. I think that's a lot of the with this movie is that it takes the tropes it takes the least offensive tropes yeah. and it does them in the least offensive way and the movie is presented in a yeah. sleek enough way it, the movie is enough like what you said the movie knows what it is mm -hmm. the movie is at its worst when it tries for those real emotional beats right like with with George and the rock and I just don't really feel anything because I haven't spent enough time with these characters. Mm -hmm. I also think that the movie probably doesn't really care about emotions because at the end, when George, it looks like George has died, and it's really sad. It's like it's like selling out of King Kong. Like it was beauty that killed the beast. But then he comes back to life, and then he just pulls out his middle finger and just flips off the rock. Son of a bitch! Pretending to be dead. At a time like this? Oh my god. <laughs> no, 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 it's not funny, and I wasn't crying, I wasn't crying, okay? There's a lot of debris around here. And then they start doing jokes about, like, the girls right there with the yeah. rock. Love and trust, though, like, not love and trust because they don't want to do that trope. She's there, then George is like, are you two together? And then the rock says, oh, we're, yes, we are friends. And then you see, George do the little yeah. finger thing, and he's like, oh, come on, bud. Yes, yes, I, I guess you could say that. She, she is part of my troop. I mean, we're friends, right? Yeah. Yes, we're friends. <gasps> no, come on, dude, have some class, okay? I don't know what's gotten into him. Kate, I'm so sorry. George, stop. All right, all right, guys, let's go home, okay? <laughs> dude, that was funny. I heard that. Shit.
It's like, this movie was written by dude bros. Mm -hmm. But it has that sense where they're writing it where they're like, oh, we have to write her in a way that, like, we can slip in these jokes, but we can't go too far with them because she needs to be strong and independent, which she is. Yeah. But it's also very much like The Rock is the hero. Yeah. Way more than she is. She's going to be sidelined. Any... Any character in a movie with a rock is going to be sidelined. Yeah. Unless it's a comedy where where you need that dynamic. Like, example would be uh, Jumanji remake, right. sequel, whatever you call it. Because he has the dynamic with all four of the characters mm-hmm. in that movie have interesting ways yeah. to work off each other. It's when it's an action movie and you need your one big action hero and the rock's going to take that spot. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that movie Skyscraper. I didn't see it, no. Basically, it's Die Hard with The Rock. Right. Which doesn't work because The Rock, he's like... I mean, the guy played Hercules. No one is going to buy this big, strong muscle man as someone who's ever in peril. Right. Yeah, that's true. And in... Because in Die Hard, you know, Bruce Willis does it more... Not completely every man, like, but he does have more of a relatability. Yeah. He's a he's a detective who... He's a cop, yeah. Yeah, who no one's listening to him, and you, you get more of the tension there. Yeah, and with this movie, at least, The Rock is... He's immediately distinguished as an authority figure. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that scene where they're walking through the jungle, it felt like the opening of Indiana Jones, almost. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just, you're just waiting yeah. for that one... And, one shot where it's just like he's gonna turn and do something badass. And so much exposition in like that opening conversation where they're like, even just when she when he goes, everything all right, boss, just no. to establish, oh, that he's the boss. Yeah, as if him walking in front yeah. of everybody doesn't immediately clue us into the fact that he's in charge. Yeah. yeah. George, you okay? Ready to do this, buddy? I have a few uh, questions about the plot. So do I. So the whole thing with this movie is the big bad people have made experiments, genetic experiments on animals. It's a very scientists are evil kind of movie. Yes. It follows the trend that Jurassic Park set, which is science is evil and the more we uh, delve into it, the worse off we're going to be. We just leave nature alone. So they do all their experiments. This is all before... The movie sets in motion. They do all their experiments in outer space, like a space station. Mm-hmm. My question is, does NASA know about this? Yeah. Did they not ask questions? Their explanation is that it's safer, or like there's less risk of like being found out or something. This movie is so forgettable. Yeah. But I'm thinking, wouldn't that just make for more risk and ask more questions? Because if something goes wrong, like it does, the, 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 this whole movie happens. Yeah. Um, my other question, so later on in, uh, when the big bad scientists are trying to get hold of their genetic experiments, they pull out this big satellite, it's like a dog whistle, that all three of the experiments respond to, and they just happen to have that satellite right in the middle of Chicago. <laughs> yeah. And like the highest skyscraper. It's like of all the places, put put it in a forest in like like yeah. put it in Area Fifty One or something. But like and also yeah, I had our engineers do some rework on this last night. <laughs> La- oh oh, 
She says that. She goes, yeah, I was just before she turns it on, she's like, yeah, I had our engineers rewired a little bit last night. Like, yeah, you're completely rebuilding, I guess, for that to work. You'd have to completely, like, redo this giant antenna overnight. Okay, sure. So I guess the only answer I can think of to both of these questions is, well, because movie. Yeah, exactly. It has to be in outer space so that the pathogens can land in random spots. Although not yeah. so random because we need specific animals. We need the big wolf, big gorilla, and a big... Like, what if it landed in, like, in the middle of Detroit and some, like, homeless guy <laughs> pulls it out? <laughs> just, just a giant homeless man <laughs> wrecking Chicago. <laughs> that would be... I would love... I wish The Rock got sprayed with a pathogen. <laughs> Oh, that would have been great. Like, that's like, like, what if that was his way to solve the problems? It's like, I need that pathogen. Is there something in the river? I was just thinking, the only thing that's missing right now is a giant crocodile. Oh, uh, I liked when, um, at the end of the movie, he was like, we did it, George. <laughs> or we saved the city from being destroyed. But you look around, <laughs> and the city is <laughs> <Jeez>. destroyed. <laughs> That, that's a comedy line right there. That's like in that episode of Spongebob yeah. where they think the butterfly is a monster yeah. that's eating people. And then Spongebob and Patrick like spread mass hysteria around the city. <laughs> and then the whole city is, in, yeah. is burning and everyone's right. screaming. We did it, Patrick! We saved the city! Just think what might have happened if we didn't tell everyone about the monster! About the what? Yeah, well, and, and they even, even in the middle of the climax, at one point, The Rock says, all right, we got to stop this guy before he destroys the city. And the city's already destroyed. You've already knocked down one skyscraper, sent people through buildings, which mm-hmm. means they're going to come down soon just by the weight of the floor caving in. Yeah. You have to evacuate Chicago. George didn't ask for this. They're gonna put him down. That's not happening. It's hard to get mad at movies like this as far as the CG goes because this isn't Geostorm. No. (laughs) This isn't Geostorm where we're just baffled by the plot and the characters and all those decision making. Because The Rock is, he's charismatic. Yeah. And he actually does a decent job. And you know why he's invested in his mission. Yeah, and you can see him committing to that part. Like where he's talking with scientist lady about George while he's in the cage. You see him just turn aside and just do a little sign language to say like, it's okay, it's okay. The, The scene didn't need that. Yeah. He wanted to just get the scene over with, but... You can tell, like, he takes his part seriously. Yeah. And that's really all I can ask of this movie is that the lead man can carry the movie. Yeah. It's a movie that will, like you said with RoboDog, it will exit my brain and I will never have to think about it. Yeah, exactly. To a point where had I seen it in theaters, I don't know that I would have regretted seeing it. Like, I wouldn't have been one of the people to, like, walk out or try to get a refund on my ticket. But, yeah, I would just never think about it again. Yeah. The best you can say about this movie is that it did not annoy me. Yeah, like I wouldn't say I recommend it because it's, there's not, there's much better movies out there to spend your time watching. Yep, and as far as the CG, mm-hmm. big badass toys smashing yeah. against each other, I don't know. But if you're the kind of person that looks at the trailer of this movie and is like, oh, that looks like an awesome movie, 
It is exactly what the trailer makes it look like. True. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It at least it delivers on its premise. But I could still cite a ton of other movies with similar premises that do it way better. Yeah, for so sure. like Pacific Rim, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, King Kong, Jurassic World? Question mark? Yeah. Big CG fights. I don't know. Just watch Infinity War again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, what should we do with this movie? Um, I feel like I'm just gonna. It'll live on my shelf until I have a garage sale or something. I'm never gonna watch it again, but I'm not gonna go out of my way to get rid of it. Maybe what we should do is for all the movies that we don't feel like throwing out, we should just keep them and then at some point do like a nice arts project. <laughs> CDs. Maybe. Like I was looking up art projects with old CDs and one of them was just making it using as a clock. There you go. Yeah, just a CD and then get a little clock motor. And it works perfect fine. Yeah, or like a little um, sun reflector thing. Just put some little colorful beads on it. It's like, yeah. Art out of trash. <laughs> George! When, when you teased this episode at the end of the last episode, you said it stars a monkey and a rock. Yeah. And that pretty much is what this movie is. It is the rock and a giant monkey. If that's what you're looking for in this movie, you will not be yeah. disappointed. This was not ape shit. No. But I also did not go bananas for it. <laughs> God, I hate myself. <laughs> Good night. Looks like you made it to the end of the podcast. We commend your diligence. If you have any suggestions for movies you want us to suffer through, leave a comment on our Facebook page. Tune in next week for another deep dive into the bottom of the bin. What's next? I'll give you a clue. It's got aliens from outer space, but it largely takes place underground.